chapter 12, and I'm reading from the NIV version, and I'm reading a, a very familiar passage of Scripture, and I preached a number of sermons in my ministry from this passage of Scripture coming from different angles on this passage of Scripture. Today is a little different than I've ever preached this passage. Verse number 28, chapter 12, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. If you will notice, that's just about everything about your body. That covers every avenue of your life, your soul, your mind, your heart, and your strength. And then he said in verse 31, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I'll give you my title in just a moment. But uh, everybody just one more time lift your hands and ask God to bless the word of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. In order to have a good relationship with God, you must love God the right way and love people the right way. And you cannot, you cannot fake that love and you cannot fake relationship. It's not like Hollywood. Hollywood will use a stuntman or a double for an actor. A lot of times an actor may be required to do something he's not comfortable doing. They may uh, ask him to act in a scene that he's not qualified in. And so, my thought today is this. No stuntman or double for your relationship. You're not going to put somebody in your place in relationship with God. There's not a backup. There's not a double. There's not somebody that can stand in your place when it comes to relationship. When you see the back of an actor's head in a movie, it may not really be the actor you think it is. Most movies completely 
uh, or employ uh, body doubles or photo doubles uh, with a passing resemblance to the principal actor. Sometimes body doubles are bought or brought or set uh, up for special skills. These skills may be like helping an actor pass as a professional athlete. The double may be able to throw or catch a ball where the actor may not be able to. Uh, he may need to take a golf swing and he's never held a golf club in his hand. He may be riding a racing horse and he's scared to death of a horse or jumping off of a cliff into the water or driving a fast car or fighting a gang of thugs. And so the actor is pulled out. He's cut and they splice in a scene where somebody looks like the actor. He uh, resembles the actor, but he's not the actor. The, the double will be a, a substitute for the actor in dangerous stunts or something that the actor cannot do. The double will dress like and look like the actor, but you only see the back or the side view or see the actor at a distance or what you think is the actor, but it's actually the double or the stuntman that's filling in. The double or the stuntman may fill in when the actor can't be on the set for some reason or the stunt could be dangerous for the actor. And the double or the stuntman gets paid a good sum of money to fill in and substitute, but he does not get the recognition that the actor gets. Only the actor gets the big money and the recognition as a movie star. These last two months in our church with COVID-19 have really been challenging for our church. Can you say amen? We've had to change how we've had church services. Uh, we brought in substitute helium balloons to look like people to make pastor feel better. I still don't know who did it, but thank you. It really did help me. Many churches have had drive in and drive up and drive through and they filled their parking lots up with cars and people would sit in their cars and they would listen to a message on FM station or roll down the windows and listen to the loudspeaker. And they would fill up the parking lots and they had to stay in their cars and trucks because we had to have social distancing. Some churches had to substitute a car horn or flashing lights for an expression of their worship. A few weeks ago, we were allowed to have about 25% of our church to attend 
but uh, they requested we wear masks, and so we can't see your faces. And I'm not sure if you're really who you're wanting to be or supposed to be or, or trying to be. But one thing is certain, you can substitute uh, your worship expression or a double for the real you, but you cannot substitute a real man or a double for your relationship with God. Amen. It's either the real deal or it's not. You either have it or you don't have it. You either love God or you don't love God. There's no in-betweens. There's no substitutes. And there's nobody to take your place. If you're going to go to heaven, it's going to be because you made up your mind to have a relationship with God. You made up your mind, I want to go to heaven more than I want anything in this world. I want to go to heaven more than I want position or, or, or any tangible thing in this earth. Here's a, here's a fact. God has made us to have relationships. He created you for relationships. God created man to have a relationship with him. But man cannot obey God's law, laws always. And as the first man and woman did, they disobeyed God by eating the fruit of the forbidden tree. There's always been a choice. God has always given us that privilege of choice. And when I say that, I mean that truly. It is a privilege to be able to choose uh, to live for God. It's a privilege to be an American, to live in a nation where we have the privilege of freedom of speech, uh, freedom of worship, uh, and freedom of religion, and freedom of press. We can worship God and we can say what we want to in the United States and get by with it. And uh, uh, it is a privilege also that you and I can choose to live for God or not to live for God. Adam blamed the woman and the woman blamed the serpent. But there is no excuse for substituting, uh, for not being in a relationship with God. And since the fall of Adam and Eve, maintaining a relationship has been a major struggle between man and mankind and man with God. One of the biggest causes of our unhappiness in our world is strained relationships. It's conflicts that kill our happiness in this world. I don't know how you feel, but I'm going to tell you, I like harmony in the home. I like it when my wife and I are getting along. I like it when my grandson saying, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and doing what we ask him to do and being nice and treating us good. I like it when our church is in harmony and unity and we're loving each other and we're loving God. I like it when my world is not rattled and shaken by bad relationships with people. And I certainly want to have a good relationship with God it's more important that I have him in my life than anything else so how is your relationship 
with God. I'm sure all of us have had a little struggle through this crisis with our relationship. It's been different, but in some respects, it's been much easier having a relationship with God when we don't have the freedoms and we can't go and do the things that we used to do that occupied so much of our time. There's still plenty we can do. You can still spend all the time in the world you want on your iPad and your phone and computers and we can get sidetracked and we can't say, uh, you know, use the same excuse excuses we've always used about not praying and not reading our Bible and not having relationship. It's just a different set of circumstances. If you want an excuse, you can find one. If you're looking for something to blame it on, you can be just like Adam and Eve. You can blame it on other people. You can blame it on the devil. You can blame it on the government. You can blame it on the Democrats or the Republicans. But the real thing is if I don't have a relationship, it's not your fault. It's not his fault. It's not their fault. It's my fault. Is God only a spare tire for you when you get a flat? Is God only a fire department when it seems like your life is on fire? Is God only a police department for times when you need protection from danger? Is God only your banker when you need a loan? Is God only your doctor when you get sick? Is God only your, your uh, counselor when everyone has given up on you? Is God only your help in the time of trouble? Is God only your friend when there's no one else wants to be around you? I'm telling you something. If that's the way you're looking at God, you need to wake up and smell the roses and realize that God is a beautiful person. God is a real God. God is a loving God. And it's not like the world... Uh, talks about love and demonstrates it. God is so much different. He loves us when we don't even need it and don't even deserve to be loved. When we've been dishonest and we've done sinful things, God still loved us. He cared about us in all of that mess because He is God. There's a daily struggle to live in this world where there's no conflict whether it is a nation against nation or family member against family, another family member to live in conflict-free life is a struggle. How do you handle the conflict? How do you strive for unity? Unity is a key ingredient for the success and the fulfillment in this life. To have successful business, you must have employees that get along and work together. To have a successful uh, ball team, the players must work together. To have a successful government, the Congress and the President must cooperate. To have a successful family, the members of that family have got to come together and love each other. To have a successful church, we must have love and unity and harmony working together in the kingdom of God. 
Very little is ever accomplished in life by yourself. Very little is accomplished without cooperation. When there is unity, there is tremendous power and potential in the midst of people that are united. There are many, many stories about people who have got, who got in fights and conflicts over crazy things and terrible results. In Orlando, Florida, a 48-year-old man was shot to death by his wife after they fought over the satellite TV controls. True story. California, there was a man stabbed to death by his girlfriend because he brought home a McDonald's ham and cheese and ham, egg, and cheese bagel instead of two egg McMuffins that, he, that she had asked for. This is the truth. This really happened. In Dallas, Texas, a 37-year-old man was beaten to death by his roommate after a fight over the thermostat setting in their house. In Maryland, a 15-year-old boy was charged with shooting death of his neighbor playing music that he didn't like. Although these are extreme cases and responses, it can be difficult maintaining positive relationships with other people because we don't all see things the same way. We're all different. As Christians, we have times of conflict. Sometimes with a neighbor who seems unbearable. Sometimes uh, uh, with an employee or a customer or a government official who seems overly demanding or unfair. Sometimes with a relative and then other times even with fellow Christians or even another church. The answer to handling these types of problems is not revenge and hostility or avoidance of the problem. The Bible tells us that we are to do everything possible on our part to live in peace with everybody. If I were to ask you to rate your relationship on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being poor and 10 being good, how would you rate these? On a scale of 1 to 10, for instance, how would you rate your relationship with your boss or supervisor at work? How would you rate your relationship with your peers, your co-workers of the, on the same scale? How would you rate your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your siblings? How would you rate with the people you go to church with? And last, definitely, but not least, how would you relate your relationship with God? How would you rate it on scale of one to 10? Where would you be if you did an honest test and rated your relationship with these areas? 
Don't rate your life based on what he has done for you lately, but rather how intimate you are with him. Drawing close to God as much as he desires to draw close to you. What is your number today? Is it a one, a three, a five, or a seven? And I'm telling you, whatever it is, we need to make sure that we move on up the list. And God becomes a number ten in my life. He's got to be number one on my life's throne. He's got to be one in my eyes. But in, in the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being great, he's got to be a 10 in my life. 2 Timothy 4 and 3 says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside them to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. I will say this, I know I haven't always uh, been a pleasant pastor. When I was younger, I was a little more cocky than I am now. I was a little more overbearing. My wife told me that many times and tried to help me to see that. And finally, after years of things happening, I have become more mellow. I'm probably the sweetest, lovingest pastor in UPCI right now. And that's, 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 uh, that's a good thing. I mean, it's a real good thing that I've come from the worst to the best in such a short time. But I, I know that I haven't always got it right. I know I haven't always been the best. But I can assure you one thing, that I am not going to be a preacher to come in here and just preach what you want to hear. I'm not going to be a preacher that's going to preach things to make you happy. I'm going to be a preacher that's going to try my best to preach messages that'll get us to think, that'll get us to consider that maybe I need to draw closer to God. Maybe I need to get things right. Maybe I need to forgive some things. Maybe I need to overcome some things. And I'm going to be preaching about that because I want you to go to heaven. Even though Paul here is specifically speaking to Timothy, a young preacher, I truly believe this passage is also Revelant word for the body of Christ as a whole today. Even though Paul is trying to tell Timothy about the church folks of his day, I believe this scenario fits comfortably right in the middle of our congregation and ever other congregation in our world today. As I look at this, I begin to realize that many people in the world of a religion don't want to hear the real word. They just want to be entertained and amused and pacified. Some want to shout and dance and leap for joy and run the aisles and have an emotional experience and say, man, didn't we have church today? They want to shout and holler for the preacher 
and they can't tell you what the preachers even preach after he gets through with the message. But I've discovered that these same people have religion, but they don't have relationship. They have gravy maybe, but they don't have any meat. And I'm telling you, I want this church to be on meat. It's time to be off of the milk and get into the sincere word of God in a relationship that's going to get us into heaven. The question that I want to ask you, have you got religion or relationship? It's important to question and think about this question. Religion is what you do over and over. Religion is about rituals, customs, habitual activities. But relationship is something altogether different. Relationship is a connection. It's an association between you and someone else. Relationship is the kinship that exists between you and someone else. Relationship is the camaraderie and the companionship that exists between you and those that are close to you. And in order to have a relationship, there must first be fellowship. We've got to have fellowship with God if we're going to have a relationship. He's not going to work well with a foreign relationship, one that's so far you're never seen or you're never heard from. God wants to hear from us and he wants to see us in his presence on a daily basis. It's time, church, that we quit excusing ourselves and we quit blaming other people and blaming COVID-19 and the government and everything else and get down to business and get a relationship with God that's truly gonna get us to heaven. Would you stand with me? I 